Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's 55 past the hour here on The Fan. Young Express presents the Milwaukee Sports Timeout. I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with my guy Paul Brettel. Again, you can check him out on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel. He writes for Dairyland Express. And, Paul, we got to talk about that big Packer victory yesterday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 14-12. to The Packers hold on for dear life there at the end. Uh, your thoughts uh, on the Packers offense looking so good in the first half and yet sputtering in the second. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but at the end of the day, they got the job done. And honestly, the way that things played out in the second half is closer to what I had expected because this Tampa Bay defense, as we saw, it's very stingy. It could be one of the best in the NFL. They had allowed only 13 points total uh, prior to this game against Green Bay and basically pick a major a statistical category on defense, whether it's pressures, turnovers, uh, sacks, anything like that. And Tampa Bay is going to be near at the top of the list. So the Packers struggling in the second half, like I said, that was closer to what I had expected. Now it doesn't mean that it wasn't, uh, you know, disappointing at times to see them go seven straight possessions without being able to convert a third down. But early on when they were rolling and moving the ball really well, we saw, you know, a lot of RPOs from Aaron Rodgers, the quick passing game, they were finding some more success on the ground. And I wonder how much of that opening script, you know, we hear about that a lot where coaches script out the first 15 or so plays of the game. I wonder how much that played into their success early on. And then once they kind of had to go based off what the Tampa defense was doing, if that played into the struggles as well. But one thing overall that I did still like from this offense, even though they did struggle, was we saw the same principles from this group today as we did a week ago against Chicago, where it felt like they found their offensive identity. Even though the run game was struggling, Jones and Dillon still combined for 24 carries. They had uh, their share of touches in the game. Rodgers was spreading the ball around on offense. Eight different uh, pass catchers had at least one target. And then we saw the, the quick passing game as well. So I was happy to see at least that mixture from the Packers, which again, I think can be their identity this season. Uh, moving forward. You know, it was interesting because it, it, it became very apparent early on that this game plan, at least uh, like you said, the scripted portion of it or the first half portion of it was to get Romeo Dobbs going and something that probably Tampa Bay wasn't prepared to have to defend one singular guy necessarily being that guy for Aaron Rodgers. But that's what it looked like early on. In the second half, that necessarily wasn't the case anymore after the Buccaneers adjusted. Yeah, they did a good job of making those adjustments and taking him away in a Huge credit to Romeo Dobbs for his performance. I mean, he was thrown at eight times, and he caught all eight of those passes. We all know how important it is to build that trust with Rodgers, and we could tell there was several designed plays for him, and he came up in those moments. 
he had a big opportunity in front of him today uh, with no Sammy Watkins, no Christian Watson on the field. And going against, like I just mentioned, a very stingy Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, but he was able to come through with those opportunities for the this Packers offense. You know, the other part of it, too, is he didn't have necessarily the big, you know, gapper down the middle of the field for 20 yards or whatever, but you could just see Robert Tunyon starting to get comfortable again with Aaron Rodgers a little bit here in this game with six catches in the game. He had seven targets total, and I I think that's a big deal for Rodgers to get Cobb and Tunyon uh, along with him and then, you know, sprinkle in the rookies like Dobbs and Watson when he gets healthy and gets back out there as well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we all know how important that rapport is with Rodgers. Just talked about it. But there's never any one reason why things aren't as effective or go wrong in the game of football. There's always, there's always many. And when we look back at this 2021 Packers offense and why they weren't as efficient as they had been 2020, one of those missing pieces was Robert Tunyon, that trust that he has with Rodgers, that play down the seam, over the middle, in the red zone. Those are all elements that were missing from the Packers in 2021 because none of the other tight ends on the roster can affect the passing game quite like Tunyon can. So as we look at how this offense is going to continue to improve and find their groove, Tunyon getting reacclimated as he had mentioned that he did, as he did on Sunday is going to be a big part of that. You know, the other thing too, obviously we have to talk about is this Packers defense and the fact that they were able to hold Tampa Bay to 12 points. Brady gets the ball back with a chance to come down, uh, possibly tie it with the touchdown and two point conversion. They got the touchdown, but Devondre Campbell with a great leaping tip uh, to stop the two point conversion and the Packers win. But numerous guys to talk about here. Walker with a punch out of a ball. Uh, Devondre Campbell obviously played well in this game. And all of that being said, after losing Jair Alexander early and the Packers D still playing well minus their best cornerback yeah it was an impressive performance by this unit and it looks like they're really starting to find their groove I mean even though the beginning of the week one game against the Minnesota Vikings didn't go well by any means you know that second half they started to lock it down they had another good performance last week against Chicago and then this week against Tampa Bay where it started was with them winning in the trenches Kenny Clark was extremely disruptive uh, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith made some noise as well. And the Packers hadn't blitzed once. They had not blitzed one time against Minnesota or Chicago, but we saw Joe Barry uh, utilize that today on, on Sunday against uh, or you, with Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. And I think that that was really important. You know, Tom Brady gets the ball out extremely quickly. According to Pro Football Focus numbers, before the game, he got the ball out in 2.26 seconds on average. Even if you have a Kenny Clark or a Sean Gary, getting to the quarterback that quickly is extremely difficult. So it was nice to see Joe Barry try to generate some additional pressure and a specifically quick pressure up the middle to get after Brady. So I thought the Packers' performance on defense began in the trenches, winning at the line of scrimmage. And Leonard Fournette came into Sunday's game with the fifth most rushing yards out of any running back. The, the Buccaneers hadn't been overly efficient running the ball, but they've been persistent with it and overall effective. But, uh, but Green Bay was able to shut Fournette down as well. So I think a lot of it began up front with the play from uh, the front seven. You already mentioned Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, what they accomplished. And then, too, let's give a let's give a shout out to Keyshawn Nixon Have for to. coming in. Yes, yeah, for coming in and holding things down. You know, he primarily took over those slot snaps. Razul Douglas moved to the boundary spot across from uh, Eric Stokes, but you know, he was a very, very much under the radar addition uh, uh, during free agency. Primarily thought of as going to be a special teams player, which he has been, and we saw him make plays on special team as well. But uh, incredible job by him to step in against Tom Brady 
that Bucks offense and put together a solid performance. I'll be honest. I, I wasn't a fan of him being the depth piece behind these three corners, but at the same point, you're like, well, I mean, you got three great corners. I mean, how much is he really going to play? And then he gets in there, and like you said, he plays really well. Not only does he do his job there, but he does his job on special teams, which I think was the majority of the reason he made the roster, down in that punt, one inside the five, catching that ball right in front of the goal line. Yeah, 100%. And all the credit in the world to the defense, but Pat O'Donnell, Keyshawn Nixon, and then Rudy Ford, the two gunners, they had a heck of a performance uh, against Tampa Bay. The offense didn't put them in some ideal situations, but the special teams unit never really let the field position battle flip. The offense was going three and out. Pat O'Donnell was sent a punt down there. Either Rudy Ford or Keyshawn Nixon would fly down there, and the, the Bucks return man rarely had the opportunity to bring it back because they were just down there and he had to fair catch it. So the special teams unit did a heck of a job uh, not like I said, not allowing the field position to flip. And I think it's a fair question to ask ourselves, do the Green Bay Packers win this game a season ago with that special teams unit and no. how important of a role they played on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, if this special teams unit was with that team last year, you're saying, then yeah, probably. They, they probably do win it because there is that much of a difference. And it goes back to what Goody said in the offseason, right? That they had a change in philosophy, that they were going to try and go get actual special team players to add to this roster more than looking at what they also do on offense and defense. And to this point, Paul, it looks like it's paid off. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, this group, we've seen them progress from week one to week two to week three, which is what you want to see. And most importantly, they've kept the egregious mistakes out of the way. And to your point about uh, Goody's comments, I wrote about that uh, before the season began because he had mentioned that typically the Packers put offense or defense first and special team second. I think those results were shown on the field, but that took a back seat this year. Uh, Rudy Ford, Keyshawn Nixon, uh, Dallin Levitt are three names that are specifically on this team to boost the special teams unit. And so far, that added emphasis on it is paying off. The one player we have to talk about uh, before we get out of here is David Bakhtiari. You know, he comes back uh, and he plays that first drive and all of a sudden he's not back out there in the second drive and you're seeing Packer Twitter is losing their mind like, you got to be kidding me, one drive and he's out again. And then comes word that, they're okay, we're going to rotate with him and Yash Neisman, which is great. And then after the game, Bakhtiari talks about the fact that neither one of those two guys wanted to rotate. Both of them wanted to either play or not play one way or the other. But they both decided, okay, fine. This is what the coach wants to do. This is what we'll do. We'll make the best out of it. And I think for the most part, it worked out probably as good as you possibly could have wanted if you were Matt LaFleur as far as how they both played in that game. Yeah, I think both held up extremely well. And from a player's perspective, you know, not that I have that any sort of experience, obviously, but I have to imagine that's just difficult to get into a rhythm when for you're sure. in for a series, out for a series. So I imagine that was a big part of why they didn't want that to happen. But both of them held up well. And I, I tweeted out, I wrote in my postgame article that I was just really impressed with how well this offensive line as a whole uh, held up. The run game wasn't overly effective, but the Packers stuck with it and it got, they, Jones and Dylan were able to do enough throughout the course of the game to, for Green Bay still to be able to lean on it. And a bit of a side tangent here, one, you know, when we've seen the Packers lose games in the past, oftentimes they become one-dimensional, whether it's from falling down early on in the game or the run game is struggling to get going. So I was very happy to see that LaFleur and Rodgers stuck with the run game. 24 carries for Jones and Dylan, as I, have, as I had already mentioned, uh, even though it wasn't picking up those chunk yardage because this year's Packers team, this year's Packers offense, as we know, it's going to have to function differently than in years past. And when I mentioned earlier, them finding their identity, 
those abundant touches for Jones and Dylan sticking with the run game plays a huge part of that. So I thought I was just very happy to see them continue to stick with the run game, even though it wasn't, you know, again, picking up those chunk yardage. But the offensive line, they did a good job of giving Aaron Rodgers the time that he needed for the most part. This is a Bucks team that uh, led the NFL in, sack, in sacks coming into week three. They blitz a ton, and the Packers did a heck of a job of picking up those blitzes. So overall, I thought the offensive line played very well. You know, football has changed a lot over the years, but at the end of the day, games are still won and lost in the trenches, and the Packers won the trenches on both sides of the ball. I've got two more for you. One uh, is Aaron Rodgers, another interception today. That's two interceptions in three games for Rodgers. He had a second, but that was just a gamble play. He knew he had 12 guys on the field on defense, so I'm, I'm not going to hold that against him. But still, two interceptions in three games. I said before the season, I thought he'd throw double-figure interceptions this year, which he hasn't done very much, obviously, uh, in his career. Do you see him heading towards? 10 or more interceptions this year because of you know the wide receivers and and what he's playing with I think the recipe for it is certainly there for the reasons that you just mentioned the inexperience for the wide receivers I mean the interception that we saw on Sunday you know without you know having to go back and watch it yet uh, it's tough to know if there was a miscommunication and if so was it on Rodgers was it on the receiver how that played out so unlike in years past I certainly agree that I think the potential for him to have those double digit totals are there but if you're, if I was to put a bet on it, I would still take the under that at this point, just because he's Aaron Rodgers and he's done it for so long without throwing interceptions. But something else to monitor, not just Rodgers' interceptions, but fumbles. The Packers have a fumble in each game this season. So, and and Lafleur mentioned earlier in the week when speaking with reporters how good this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is at at knocking the ball out, and we saw that on that Aaron Jones play, which was just a pivotal play. In the game, you know, that, that play had a bit of a feeling of the Mercedes Lewis play from the, the playoff loss to yep. San Francisco. Things were just humming along on offense. The turnover happened. And from that point on, they just couldn't regain that momentum. But ball security, both for Rodgers, but specifically whoever has the ball in their hands, is something big to watch moving forward because they've had troubles with fumbles so far this season. You know, it's interesting. You look at this Packers schedule uh, and how this whole thing plays out. Obviously, you got the London game coming up in a couple of weeks against the Giants. Uh, The Jets, that's a winnable game. Washington, obviously, is a winnable game. And then the tough one against Buffalo uh, coming up on October 30th, more more than over a month away. But having said that, the next game is New England. And coming into the season, you're like, okay, that should be an okay game. And now comes news from the NFL Network. Mac Jones, high ankle sprain. He's not going to play against the Green Bay Packers. So you get ancient uh, Hoyer out there playing quarterback for the New England Patriots. This should be another winnable game for the Green Bay Packers uh, at Lambeau against New England. Yeah, absolutely. They're coming back home. As you mentioned, Mac Jones sounds like he's going to be out. And that's the most important position in football. You know, we can't underestimate Bill Belichick and just his ability as a coach. Uh, defensively to make things challenging for this Packers offense. But at home, New England without their starting quarterback, you know, it's what it's looking like. And then the Pack, and then you hopefully see this offense continue to progress over the course of the season. I mean, that's the hope. We knew coming into week one this that offensive unit wasn't going to be ready to go by any means. But we hope that we see progress from week to week. And I know that this week was tough in terms of yardage and points put up. But on the road, in those conditions with the heat against one of the top defenses in football, like I've already mentioned, the fact that they stuck to that winning formula that we saw them find against the Bears, I think is very encouraging. And hopefully they get Christian Watson back in the mix too, because I know he hasn't filled up the stat sheet by any means, but his speed on the field, whether he's doing jet motions or catching jet sweeps or he's in motion, 
you know, the defense has to respect that. And then his vertical ability, too. So just getting him back on the field will be a big boost for the offense. He is Paul Bridal. He's one of the best. You follow him on Twitter at Paul underscore Bridal. Follow him as well for all of his great work at Dairyland Express. Paul, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sparky. You bet you take care. There he's Paul Bridal on a Lambo Tobacco Green and Gold Monday here on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.